Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana It's a podcast about Indiana Jones. Every movie, one minute at a time. Indiana Jones, Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute. This is the podcast where we slice into Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull <laughs> just to see what it does when exposed to the air. I'm Pete Mummert. <laughs> I am Tom Taylor. I'm Gerald Christopher. Bear me with my mummy cronies. Porter. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're very happy to welcome film editor, movie buff, and excellent podcast host of Minute Impossible, uh, Chris Ramirez. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's exciting to have you. And uh, yeah, I think it's no secret that you uh, pretty much single-handedly carry that podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I keep telling <laughs> that to Jonathan, but he's just, he's, you know, he's got to be in charge. Nah. <laughs> he's no, no, I, I, I'm really, I'm really happy to, that he invited me on to be uh, his co-host on that one. I mean, it's one of those things that uh, we went to college together, so you know, we nice. We've known each other a long time, <laughs> so it's it, it's fun to to connect with him on, on that level with this uh, podcast and it's opened up a whole new uh, world for me. So I appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. You guys have a great show. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I like your tech of the app each episode. Yes, as do I. I really enjoy that. <laughs> cool. Well, today we are talking about Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull and specifically minute 52 and minute 52 begins with Indy deciding that Oriana might've survived after all. And it ends with the Spanish conquistador rotting away before our very eyes. And I think this is interesting because Indy goes seven. Orion and his men might have made it out of the jungle after all. And I don't think it's ever been open to historical question that Oriana might not have died in Brazil. And I'm wondering, does this wild speculation Indy's engaged in here make him the equivalent of, of an ancient alien theorist? Because <laughs> he's just he's, he's literally just like jumping to amazing conclusions. Well, even the fact that he counts seven bodies, he's like, there's only one explanation. This must be Oriana yeah. and his men. <laughs> yeah. It couldn't well, possibly you, be anybody else. Yeah. You, you, what's crazy is I, I thought to myself, so what would Indy have done if he had only counted six culturally out of context mummies? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He'd be like, oh, package things. Go grab the backpack, mutt. We're out of here. We're in the we're, yeah. We're we're in the wrong we're in the wrong catacomb. We gotta go find yeah. another one. Yeah. Yeah. Dig it in the wrong place. Exactly. This room's only got six. Um, I have a question for you, Pete. Okay. Why are these Europeans mummified? I have no idea. Yeah, this is going to be I've, tough for like the next handful of minutes. We're going to keep asking these questions. And uh, I don't know if the movie's ever going to answer us. And you can tell they're Europeans because uh, it, it, I can, I, we'll see this more in the next minute. But when we see the seventh mummy next to it, there's like a big pile of treasure. And on that pile on the top of it is a very European style crown. Hmm. Hmm. And there's no hat. way that that was found in, in Peru. So I, like, did one of these guys travel with his own crown? <laughs> <laughs> don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know I do everywhere I go. Yeah, just in case. Well, I I was thinking about this. So I mean, so you're 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 a European. You know, you're a conquistador, and you're like, say, I have an idea. 
I'd like to be mummified. <laughs> you know, first of all, that's you know that's not in the Catholic tradition. Outside mm-hmm. of uh, Pete, after I, uh, you know, I th- I said that though, and noticed that I thought about what's that? What's that monastery in Italy where they have all the mummies? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, oh. the Catholic <laughs> monastery in Italy where it's all you go into the catacombs and they're all kind of they're all like mummified. The the, <laughs> the former monks and priests. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, outside of that was sort of the only <laughs> incidents I could think of where that's in the Catholic tradition. But that's a different thing. They're not all like wrapped up like this. And, and I just I was I'm like, so who mummified them? Yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to ask. That- are they are they a, are they suggesting that they were mummified by some sort of, you know, alien worshippers or or they had another person who mummified them and left? You know, I, I was yeah. kind of confused by that myself, you know, because, you know, there's seven of them and they're all wrapped up. And I mean, somebody had to do it because nobody, yeah, well, that, nobody wrapped it, themselves up. Right. <laughs> and that raises a really interesting question, because unless somebody was mummifying them like over a period of 30 or 40 years, they all died at the same time. Yeah. And for them, right. like, so that either means someone killed them mm-hmm. or some kind of catastrophe happened. And why why are they being preserved? <laughs> it's a great yeah. Question. If they were murdered, yeah. or if they even if they or whatever, however they died, why would anybody who's not one of them, obviously, because they'd all be, I mean, unless there were eight guys and he just mummified all his friends <laughs> and died suddenly, <laughs> it's like oh, I can't leave them like this. I'm gonna mummify them and then take a pocket full of change and leave. And, and he decided <laughs> to put like like you know as we get to it later the the skull in there, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. This is a crime scene that makes no sense. No. <laughs> this, this is weird. It's, it's like seven. All of a sudden, there's you know, there's the motive that we're not aware of by John Doe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a complete. Like, was it, it? For some reason, watching this, I think that this was Oriana's idea. Like he's like I, a- you know, he's like I got an idea. When I die, I would like to be <laughs> buried with all my, you know, my, all my monies and all my mummies. Things got weird in the jungle, and they all just had some weird you know, yeah. bro pact. Like, hey, man, I love you. When we go, let's all just get wrapped up in sleeping bags and just live forever. But, like, why Why do you want to keep all your money with you if you, you die in Peru? Because you're not going to be able to spend it in Peru. Like, this is still, like, Peru is still an Incan empire, basically. And they, they're not, they're not going to be able to spend all this. So unless they take it back to Spain, it's kind of worthless. Yeah. And there's no tradition of mummification that I know of in Spain. Could that this not have been really their their end goal was to get back to their I don't know ships or something and get back to I know they're kind of on the wrong. Are they on the wrong side of South? Yeah, America? they're on the wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like that had to have been their goal. So it seems like somebody must have killed them. I mean, my understanding is how they would get this out of there. I know was like you'd have to go north to Cartagena, which was like a huge Spanish port that would leave. Mm-hmm. And that's where like a lot of the gold was exported out of of South America, at least that region. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. It might be pretty far from where they are here in Peru. But I know like, yeah. you know, so much of the gold that did go back to Spain came out of Cartagena and it had to go there first. So... I ha- I don't un- I don't understand. You're like this treasure or booty, you know, is supposed to be going back to Spain, right? 
Yeah, they were by law. They were supposed to right. send back. At least I think a, like a, a conquistador. Yeah, he could keep like twenty percent. Wasn't that like yeah, one something, of the some like small percentage? Yeah. Uh, but even like the guy that had to carry all this gold. Gold is not light, so <laughs> no, to carry all this gold down into too. this crypt. That's an interesting part. Yeah, yeah. Somebody put a lot of work into this. Yeah, because if you think <laughs> if it was one of their friends that did this, he would have just killed him. Like he, right. he wouldn't have mummified them. Yeah, no. you can easily imagine them imagine them all getting killed over something like that. Like you know, it's all mine now. I got gold lust, and I'm going to kill you all. And but yeah, then he wouldn't like take the time to mummify them all. That doesn't make any sense. No, he just would have well, killed I, them. I he, feel... wouldn't, he wouldn't spend the time to to do all of that. You know, I guess yeah. unless he doesn't want them found. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what we have, it seems like you'd be more likely to find him if they're mummified. Yeah, with all the gold around them. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think somebody did put a lot of time into this, and I think somebody didn't put a lot of time into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I think it's remarkable behavior for an archaeologist in the 1950s to do the same thing that Spalco does. And he just takes a knife and jabs it into one of these mummies. <laughs> he just digs cutting. in. Yeah. Like Christmas goose. <laughs> like, you, yeah, you expect <laughs> to open it up and this, there's just a guy with a big gash down the front of him. Yeah. <laughs> you just destroyed the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is when Indy starts ripping the mummy, the mummy open, Mutt gets visibly uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I noticed that too. I was, I was really surprised because... You know, for all the grief that Shia LaBeouf gets uh, regarding this movie and other movies, he's, he's actually a pretty good actor when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's a good actor. He's still a that. good actor. He's the movies that he's got in right now are quite good, and he's quite good in, in them. Uh, and so when you when I saw that reaction, I was like, "That's that would be about the right reaction most people would have seeing that something <laughs> happen, and let alone, you know, not knowing who this person that you're you're following around is. It's like, oh, my God, they're not. They, they might not be right in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. He is. He's like, why would you ruin this pristine artifact? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, is this the big payoff for Mutt's knife flipping earlier? Because he kind of flips the knife and hands it to Indy before Indy dives in. Is that the payoff for <laughs> That's the big Mutt payoff. flipping the knife earlier? Yeah. So finally, when Indy asks for a knife, he'll be able to give it to him with a little flourish. You know what? But this is like a- Indy. Indy does like. There's some. Yeah. He 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 tries to rip the thing up. And he's like, "You don't have a knife, do you?" But he doesn't read that as sarcastic at, at all. But he uh-uh. knows that Mutt has a knife. <laughs> yeah, because all Mutt's been doing is flipping the knife. Yeah, Mutt yeah. will not stop with the knife, and so that line should be, "Oh, you don't have a knife, do you?" Like, duh, you obviously have a knife. But he's just, he like uh, sincerely asks, oh, it's too bad that we don't have a knife. You don't have a knife, do you? <laughs> and it always well, strikes me as very weird. This is Mutt's cousin Oliver moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you're like, this is this is the way of him saying, no, no, actually, it's okay. You are useful. <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have been able to open the mummy and, and make his face dissolve. Exactly. Thanks, Mutt. Exactly. You're the one millionth. Uh, person into <laughs> Disneyland. We all get to go for free. <laughs> oh my god! That yeah, I do have to say though that this uh, when Indy cuts it open and, and pulls the wrapping away, and we see a perfectly preserved face, and then it immediately starts to decay. This reminds me so much of what uh, Doctor Jamie was saying. I don't remember if it was during uh, 
I think it was during Last Crusade when she was saying Victorians used to open mummies just to watch them decay. <sighs> oh, I remember yeah. that. Oh, That's wow. amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's super weird. Yeah. That's a nice yeah. effect too. It's yeah, a nice, it's very uh, much an yeah. old school, old school Indiana Jones effect. I thought that was it was very yeah, very subtle. Yeah. I don't know if it was practical or if it was a combination of practical and digital, but but I thought it was it was very well done. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, maybe that's why Indy did it. I mean, he was born during the Victorian era. <laughs> yeah. so oh, maybe, sweet. I heard my dad talk true. about this. <laughs> I know. Maybe we can do this. I have to say, I think that this is one of the greatest indiana jones moments in in the franchise because it perfectly captures yeah i'm serious it perfectly captures indiana jones quote archaeology yeah he you know he finds a 500 year old mummy perfectly preserves so that the deceased (laughs) looks like quote he died yesterday and then yeah. Indiana Jones wreaks 500 years of decay <laughs> <laughs> upon this cadaver in six seconds. Well, I think that's the interesting part about it is that, that you know, we've got this, you know, sort of hero worship about Indiana Jones nowadays. Even even back then in the in the 80s, we still had it. But he was always kind of a, you know, a sketchy kind of guy. Not as bad as Balak or any of those other guys, but he was still pretty sketchy in what he was doing, you know. And he's always, oh, yeah. bringing up, uh-huh. always bringing up the fact to, to Marcus. Oh, no, no. Or Marcus always brought up, oh, I'm sure you followed the guidelines, you know. Like he was just doing say, <laughs> yeah. say, saying yeah. that just to make sure he had his bases covered. Oh, I'm sure you followed the guidelines, Indy. But so we'll still pay you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he was sketchy as all of them were. That's that's why the movie was called Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And by the time we got to India, Last Crusade, you know, people had seen him as, you know, his, his uh, basically the you know, the good guy, because he was, but with his dad. And so we had more sympathy for him, but he was still doing kind of shady stuff in that movie. And I think by the mm-hmm. time we got to this one, you know, 20 years later, people are still, oh, I wouldn't, Indiana Jones would never do something like this. I'm like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the first movie? I'm sure well, that it- at, some, at some point he would do, you know, he would leave him up behind if he had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a little surprised he didn't run around and cut open all the others just to watch the same thing. Happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll just open it a little bit this time. Here, get the light in there. <laughs> well, the best part about it is he blames the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no, it's a. Yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. you know, it's not actually that the air doesn't agree with them, Mindy. It's that you opened his, his, his mummification. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, like, take that mummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, you're a you're a film guy, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on uh, how Crystal Skull works or doesn't work as part of the indie franchise. The interesting thing to me is that when it came out that summer in in in, uh, in 2008, I was I was excited about it, you know, just as, as everybody else probably was. And then I had seen Iron Man a couple of weeks prior to that, and so Iron Man had all of a sudden jumped up to like, oh my god, this is I felt like watching the original Indiana Raiders of the Lost Ark movie when I watched Iron Man. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was, I did enjoy Crystal Skull, but I was disappointed because it didn't feel the same way that the other films felt and the same way that even Iron Man felt to me. Um, It felt kind of, you know, to me, I think, I think it works within the context of, of the Indiana Jones mythos, but at the same time, it's, it's missing something. There's a, a, and, and you know, we I saw this earlier today on Twitter, uh, and it's, I think it's true. I think a lot of it has to do with Janusz Kaminski's cinematography, 
mm-hmm. I, I think Janusz is, mm-hmm. is a very good cinematographer when it comes to certain types of films that he and Spielberg do. But this was not one of the ones where I felt like Spielberg should have had him as a cinematographer uh, because it's missing that sort of pop that, uh, that Dougie Sacombe did with the first three films. And, and it, you feel it emotionally because the colors aren't the same. The film doesn't feel the same. Right. Uh, as a whole, I mean, you know, he's, it's Spielberg doing what Spielberg does with the same crew, but it also feels like it's Spielberg doing what Spielberg does with the same crew. It's like, I, it's got a kind of lived in felt, you know, been there, done that sort of feeling to it. But there are sequences mm-hmm. that are actually quite good. Like I think the opening is really good with in the, in the warehouse. And I think this sequence is actually very, very old school Indiana Jones films. Um, and then there's other sequences where it's like, you know, they could have done that live or they could have done that without effects. And it just, it, it feels uh-huh. like it's like a lot of great scripts or a lot of okay scripts put together into one and it doesn't make a great script, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. especially when you hear, yeah, yeah. oh, well, this was in the Darabont draft and this was in the M. Night Shyamalan draft and this was in somebody else's draft. And you're like, wow, I, I get it that they put things together, but there was a whole co- cohesive uh, follow through, at least in the first one, the first Indiana Jones by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between what um, their story notes had come up about, you know, with uh, Spielberg mm-hmm. and Lucas and, and um, Kasdan. And I think that's those those elements are missing. And I think it's that same idea of when you have a budget, an unlimited budget and you've got all the power, you can make anything you want. And sometimes that's not a good thing. It's It's like the 1941 mm-hmm. of Indiana yeah. Jones movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Except I like. It seems like Spielberg but... really wanted to make 1941. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced he wanted to be here for this one. Yeah, I know, and that's that's the hard part is that it's like, it's it's hard to understand what his motivation was on it, um, you know, and and, and that's that's uh, the hard part. I mean, I'll, my son really likes the movie a lot, and I I'll watch it, you know, every once in a while, but it's not like like Raiders where I put it on at least once a month or. Last Crusade, the same thing, uh-huh. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think within the context of it, I mean, there's this. If it was going to be, you know, like the Force Awakens was to Star Wars, where you've got a whole new generation being introduced to it, to this character, because there is you know, a whole generation that's been born since the last one. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a lot more that they could have done to make that happen, and I'm sure that's what they're going for with the next one, if and when they actually make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. You know, I hope so. It's interesting about 1941. I, uh, this is completely off topic, but we covered 1941 uh, on our Patreon show. Yeah. And to this day, I can't figure out why 1941 is a bad movie. Neither can I. Like, I, I admit that it's not <laughs> great. It, but on paper and even watching it, it seems to have all the elements of a great movie, but somehow it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of yeah. fun to watch when you're when you're seeing the you know, the snowball fall down the hill, basically, as you watch it. You're like, oh, I, wow, uh, they're really, like, going to town here. That's crazy. It's like, you know, that you can see the the Spielberg power as, as the movie goes yeah, along, and it yeah. gets crazier and crazier. And you can see everybody who had some semblance of say over things as it, as it happens. And it's interesting because, there's again, that's like this one. That's why I said it's like, you know, the same sort of thing. There's some really great and funny moments in that movie. And some really spectacular effects and spectacular sequences. But as a whole, it just is like it, it's missing something cohesive to make it work together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, but it, it, yeah. it's not a bad movie. Like, I've seen bad movies, and to me, it's not a bad movie. It's just it's it's not a great movie. 
Yeah, that's yeah. you know, and, and there's that yeah. point with Spielberg to me is that you know he's made so many great movies, so many movies that have had an impact on all of us and our children and our parents, and and so we know when somebody says, "Oh, it's a Spielberg film," we've already got expectations through the roof with it, for the most part, mm-hmm. and and you know even even one, once in a while, you know, there was a point where he was making you know very serious films, and I was like, "Man, I miss old Spielberg," <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and and, and yeah. so you know you hope for when something like this comes around that it's going to be the same sort of energy and when it's not you automatically you're disappointed uh but i felt like you know he had some really good energy and with ready player one which i was i was impressed with mm-hmm. but so mm-hmm. i'm i'm hopeful with you know even west side story uh but hopeful that you know he's got you know since he's going to be working with kathleen kennedy again that hopefully he's got you know a little bit more um more say and more fun with the next one that they make yeah, I hope so too. What 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 would be something that you would like to see them do? Because we we talk, you know, w- w- the first three have uh, this religious, you know, MacGuffin sort of thing, and and this one is aliens, and yeah. which which we've said is is a little bit outside the the box. Um, would you what what would you imagine or like to see the fifth one, like back to something religious or, or more something along the lines of. Um, I don't know, paranormal. I like the idea of, of the mysterious and the unexplainable. That's what was, I mean, as, as religious as the, the second, I mean, the first and the, and the third one were, there was still an element of, okay, that's a, that's a story we read in the Bible or that's a story that people talk about, but there's still an air of mystery to it that, that kind of creeps mm-hmm. up on you. And Spielberg's films for a long time had that as a, as a given, you know, things like, like right. close encounters poltergeist Mm -hmm. uh even et there was this air of mystery like it gave you this like weird uncomfortable feeling before you'd actually seen it because you didn't know what to expect um and i'd like something like that again myself you know yeah i like that that's good and and also i I think we've talked about this i talked about it on on the uh uh maybe on one of the the indiana jones posts that you guys had on, on the facebook page but uh i would have loved to this have been that he'd had a daughter instead of a son uh, because we've got all mm-hmm. these, you know, issues of indie and young girls, <laughs> and 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 <laughs> really, really make him uncomfortable, especially if the daughter was just like him and, and yeah. treated oh, men wow. the same way that he treated women. <laughs> and, and I, I think thought, he had a daughter in one of the earlier. Yeah, versions, I think they didn't did. He? I think Darabont draft had a daughter yeah. in it, if I believe. But I always thought that that would have been a great, yeah. wow. great thing, especially you know when he was young, he was still young enough to pull off the the leading male guy, but at the same time having a young uh, up and coming actress who everybody is aware of playing this daughter that he doesn't know is his daughter is, is, is just great. You know, that, that builds up very much like a, like a Howard Hawks sort of situation. Uh, you know, those old Howard oh, Hawks yeah, films. Great. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, talk about family, Jer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Uh, speaking of family, this just in from Professor Sister Porter. Um, did <laughs> did Indy just go hog wild and slice open all the mummies like Christmas morning? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's mine! Oh boy, that's mine! mine. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> and, and did he exclaim, "Now it belongs in a museum"? 
<laughs> I kind of picture him like uh, that episode of The Simpsons where Homer is just eating donut after donut after donut yeah. and he gets fatter and fatter. <laughs> like, I feel like Indy would just be stuffing so much gold into his pockets and like, he would just be getting bigger and bigger. Just was eating it. Or, or he could have opened six of them and left the uh, seventh one, you know, perfectly preserved. Oh, look, it's the only one, guys. I found it. You know, take it back to the museum. <laughs> yeah. Six open, one preserved. You know. Get more money for it. <laughs> what does it mean? Min- Mint in box. box. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mint in sleeping bag. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Chris. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. And you've got another podcast. I don't know if you'd like to talk about uh, Yeah, we got, um, I do the Minute Impossible podcast with uh, Jonathan Howe. Um, you can find us at minuteimpossible.com. Uh, there we've got the first and second films of the Mission Impossible franchise already completed. And we're just about ready to start up on Mission Impossible 3, J.J. Abrams' um, third film in the franchise. Uh, so that should be fun. Uh, we also have a couple of uh, special episodes within there, in the context of everything for like Fallout and when things like that happen with um, you know new announcements for the movie. We did a couple episodes here and there. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter at uh, Minute Impossible or at Minute Impossible. And you can also find us on the Impossible Minute Force group on Facebook. So come join us. Yeah, check oh, it cool. out. I did a week on that uh, with uh, my good friend, Jug Greenberg. That's yeah, we had a, a good time with you guys. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and uh, any, any last things you gentlemen have to say? You know, it is weird. Indy says again, he asks for the second time in maybe four minutes, give me some light. <laughs> it's really, yeah, yeah. Mud actually already was sort of giving him light. Yeah, yeah and there's yeah. all sorts of light everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> yeah, very brightly lit underground. Cave. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like all, in uh, it's, it's like it's, in sitcoms where they turn off the light and, the and they immediately off. turn on another light. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the blue nighttime light. Yeah, exactly. well, that, that, again, that's one of those things we were talking about. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, when in the original movies, if this sort of thing happened, it was like really dim, and you can just they had the light right on their faces and. And the object they were looking at and the rest of it yeah. kind of fell in the darkness because, you know, one, they were dealing with budget and and two, it wasn't overlit. And and that, the, you know, part of this this film is the issue I have with it is that it's it's to me, it's overlit when it shouldn't be. You know, it doesn't have any sense of, of fear or or, or creepiness in, in the buildings that they go into. It's like, oh, it's a set. It feels like a set. But like with Last mm-hmm. Crusade, I never felt like it was a set. It's, even when he was when he was going through the trials at the end, I never felt like it was like a like a Hollywood set, I felt like, oh, this, they did a great job, you know, shooting this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And it, it listeners, if you like Overlit, uh, we are going to be beyond lit uh, <laughs> on Wednesday for minute 53 of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull here on the Indiana Jones Minute. Pete, did you know yeah. that in this minute we have daddy, son, and mummy? <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.